Jesus was teaching on the side of a lake. He taught stories about how even the smallest amount of faith can grow because of how much God loves us. The evening came and Jesus said to his disciples, his followers, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Some of his followers sprang into action and these experienced fishermen pushed out their boats. Suddenly, a really intense storm popped up. The storm got stronger and stronger. High waves were breaking into the boat. The boat began to fill with water. It felt like an earthquake. The followers of Jesus panicked. The experienced boaters grabbed the sails, pushing them down from being torn. The less experienced boaters helped by trying to keep down their lunch. And the storm, it rages on. Jesus, though, was asleep in the back of the boat. He's out cold, maybe snoring. The disciples woke him up. I mean, the boat is going down, right? Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Jesus woke up. The panic of the disciples, the crashing waves, the pouring rain, roaring thunder, flashing lightning. And as Jesus wipes sleep from his eyes, he shouts to the swirling wind and the violent waves, Silence! Be still! And all of a sudden, it stopped. The wind stopped swirling. The waves stopped crashing. It was as still as still could be. Then Jesus looked at these followers of his, drenched from the rain, exhausted from the storm, and he asked these amazing questions. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Right now we're in a series talking about questions from Jesus. There are these real questions that Jesus asked. I think they can challenge us. They can help us grow in our faith. And we're going to focus on one of the questions from this story in particular. Here it is. Why are you afraid? How do you think the disciples reacted? I mean, they were just in the middle of an epic storm. I mean, they're drenched, but they're safe. That's what they do. They thank Jesus. Did they get mad at the question, get offended? Well, they're actually still terrified. They asked their own question. They said, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I mean, this is power that Jesus just showed. The disciples were scared that they were going to drown, and then they were scared that Jesus is more than they could imagine. We're used to fear, though, right? It starts pretty early, even as kids. Anybody here, anybody online afraid of the dark when they were growing up? Anybody still afraid of the dark? Nobody's going to admit it. One of my kids is deathly afraid of throwing up. Any time that that's ever been around them, they just absolutely freak out. Recently, my four-year-old daughter, Eliza, she climbed into bed in the middle of the night with us, and she uttered the words, I'm scared, and I rubbed my eyes. You know, I kind of let out the, I'm already asleep, and you just woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning sigh. Here's what it sounds like. Ah! That's what it sounds like. So I go, ah! But finally, I say, honey, why are you so afraid? And her reply... It's actually my reply sometimes, even as an adult. This is what she said. These are really her words. 
I'm scared of what might be out there in the night. Me too. Even as adults, we fear the unknown sometimes. Every single day right now in our world, there seems to be more and more to fear. So I'm asking you, really asking you to answer the question, why are you afraid today? There are lots of reasons in our world to be fearful. We have fear about COVID-19, fear about getting sick or getting someone else sick, fear of going on without a loved one, fear of losing our job, fear of losing our house, fear of losing our family. We fear those test results. We fear our kids having to navigate difficulty in our world. We fear that feeling of loneliness and anxiety and depression, fear of failure, of pain, of change, fear of that wrong political leader making that wrong political decision, fear of an abusive relationship, fear of broken friendship. It's clear that fear can be a powerful motivator. Let me prove it to you. Say you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you, hey, this is what's going to happen to you if you don't put down the cake and you don't put down the triple bacon cheeseburger. So we change our diet. Fear sometimes can motivate people to be better and to do better, to make wiser decisions. But really the type of fear that we're talking about today is this crippling fear. It paralyzes us. It kind of forces us into this prison and we're helpless in the corner of the room in our mind as that door slams shut. So I'm going to ask you again, why are you afraid? What are you scared of? These fears, real fears, understandable fears in our lives when they're swirling and twirling around us, they kind of make us feel like we're in the middle of the storm. Right now, maybe you feel like you're one of the disciples. Can you relate to them? They're in the middle of this storm that came out of nowhere, and the storm rages on, and it's loud, and it's scary, and it's hopeless, and it's consuming. What do you do? What do you do when you're afraid in the middle of the storm? Do you pull the covers over your head? Do you run and hide? Do you self-medicate? Do you ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist? Do you get angry? Do you blame someone else? Or do you do what the disciples do? And they start shouting to Jesus, please wake up. Please save me. Do you not care? I've prayed that prayer. What can we learn from this story of hope that Jesus calming the storm does when we're in the middle of our own storms? What can we learn? Well, here's kind of this foundational idea that we're going to talk about today. We can weather the storm because faith actually conquers fear. There's a lot of hope in this story. I mean, wind, waves, storm, disciples, terrified followers screaming for help. They made it. They weathered the storm. 
And you and I, we can weather the storm. Why? Because faith in Jesus conquers fear. Faith in this person, Jesus, who got up and commanded the wind and the waves and the nature around him to be still. It obeyed him. Faith in this person who cares, who knows about the storms in our lives, and at times does something about them. Faith in this person who doesn't just conquer the storm, but can conquer death, and he did. Faith in this person who dies on the cross for our sins, for where we fall short. Faith in this person who rises from the grave on the third day. We, you and I, wherever we are, whatever storm has taken place in our life, we can weather the storm because of Jesus, because of faith and how that conquers fear. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I read this story, even though I do find hope in the story, it still feels a little bit like a fairy tale to me. Can you relate? Like it just, it's just, just beyond my fingers. Like I just can't quite wrap it around my, my understanding of what's going on in my life or in my world. And today, many of us, maybe you are in the middle of a storm and this truth about faith seems, it seems so far away. Now, don't get me wrong, this is true. The story about Jesus calming the storm is true. But today, how do we have faith in the midst of a storm? There are three things, I think, that we can remember that can help us live out having faith that really truly does conquer fear. So here's the first one. We can remember Jesus is with us in the storm. He's in the storm with us. Where's your favorite place to fall asleep? For me, my bedroom, in my bed, it is the best bed in the world. I mean, when I fall asleep somewhere else and not on the couch because Abby's kicked me to the couch, I know what you're thinking, that's not what it is, but when I travel or when I fall asleep on the lazy boy in the living room or whatever, I just don't get great sleep, but when I get home and I climb in, you know, to the bed and just the sheets are just that right texture and the pillow's just perfectly placed and I just fit into it like a glove, it's just, oh, I just want to go there right now. That's amazing. It's like angels going, ah, that's how much I love my bed. It's a little, it's a little weird. It is, you're right. But Jesus is not sleeping in his bed at home. How tired do you think you have to be to curl up in the corner of a boat? You ever been boating? You don't think of, oh, what a great place to slumber. He's exhausted, actually, from this intense day of ministry, teaching about faith. And we sometimes talk about Jesus being fully God, and he is, and I believe that, but we forget that he was also fully man, and he was so tired, he was snoozing during the storm. And as the disciples think, they really think that they're going to drown, Jesus is dreaming, and his head's on this cushion, it's likely a leather sandbag that fishermen in the Mediterranean still use. That is not the picture of 
my pillow. Anybody have a leather sandbag that they, they sleep on? Doubt it. That's how tired he is. Why do you think the disciples wake him up then? And it's the same reason that Eliza comes into our room when she's scared at night. They're afraid. And Jesus is right there in the middle of all this going on with his disciples. And I had this thought, maybe he views the storms in our life, the things that we're afraid of, the same way I view Eliza's worry about something going bump in the night. I mean, he calms the storm in seconds. Why are you afraid? That's a natural response from him. Do you not know who I am? Whatever storms we're in, we have this hope because Jesus is in the storm with us. You're not alone. You're never alone. And the storm might be this tempest coming out of nowhere, but Jesus is right there, and he's not concerned about the storm at all. He's so peaceful about the storm in your life, He's asleep, not because he doesn't care, but because he's got it covered. How could he be so calm in the midst of this swell? Well, I think there's a reason. Here's the second thing that we can remember to help us kind of live out faith that conquers fear. So Jesus is in the storm, yes, but Jesus also has the power, the authority to calm the storm. Silence, be still. I wonder how he said it. Do you think he like commanded or do you think he was like, hey, silence, be still? I don't know. But he said it, silence, be still, and then calm. That's eerie. Jesus has this authority to rule nature because he created nature. Jesus has the power to speak calmness into existence. Have you ever played that game where somebody asks, hey, if you could have a superhero power, what superhero power would you have? Have you ever played that game? I always say things like invisibility or, you know, actually a buddy of mine, we, we play this and he always says, my superpower is the one that beats your superpower. That's infuriating. No one ever says calmness. There is a superhero that can create storms. Her name is Storm. Jesus, though, he brings such authority, he turns all of that upside down and goes, I can, I can stop the storm. And when we're in the middle of the storm, when we're shaking in our boots with fear, we forget that God has the power to calm everything. He can provide that stillness in the world. And here's the thing, he can also provide that stillness in our heart. He has the power to calm the storm. And he gives us the same spirit of power. Check this out. This is 2 Timothy 1 through 7. It's talking about God has not given us a spirit in our heart, in our soul of fear or timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Jesus doesn't mess around when it comes to fear. He, 
He talks about fear quite a bit. He commands people about fear. He says, fear not. He takes our fear seriously, but he asks, why are you afraid? Because we can really have this faith and calmness in the midst of the storm. Silence, be still. I kind of wish I had that type of power and authority, really especially when it comes to my kids. I tried it yesterday. Silence, be still. Didn't work. But we cry out. We cry out just like the disciples did to God. And we say, don't you care? Please. Save us. And he chooses at times not to calm the storm. He has the power. He has the authority to do so. He's there with us, but he doesn't calm it, at least in the way that we want. Why do you think that is? That's a fair, it's a complicated question. Well, one answer could be storms can help us grow. Storms can lead us back to God. Another answer is uh, storms are sometimes a result of our bad choice or sin. But candidly, I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't calm all the storms. I know many of us, myself included, I've been pleading with God to calm the COVID storm, the racial tension storm, the people harming other people storm, the terminal illness storm, the mental illness storm, but he doesn't calm it. But he says we can have faith in him in the midst of it. And I find hope in 2 Timothy 1 through 7 because he doesn't calm all the storms, but he gives us power, his power to weather the storm. And he gives us his self-discipline to take care in the storm. And he gives us love to love him and to love other peoples in the midst of the storm. Remember earlier, Tim was talking about our fall launch for groups. If you're around church sometimes, you hear maybe church leaders talk about getting plugged in in one way or the other. And signups are open right now. But the reason that we encourage you to be a part of something like a group isn't because we want to track that, isn't because we want people to get connected, although those things are good to do. It's because it helps us weather the storm. We're not alone. Jesus is there, but so are these other people who understand who you are, who are willing to dig in and to understand and to love you better than you can just love on your own. That's why we want you to get into a group because people matter that much to God. Other people are right there with you in the storm, whether you think they are or not. And Jesus is in the storm, whether you feel him there or not. And Jesus has the power and the authority to calm the storm, whether he does or not. But the third thing that we can learn and remember really gives me so much perspective when it comes to the storms raging on in our lives. Here's the third thing. This helps us live out 
faith that conquers fear. The storm isn't the end of the story. So I'm going to recap for you. Jesus says, let's cross the lake. And then the disciples obeyed willingly. I don't like that. Here's why. Their obedience got them into the storm. We don't want it to be that way, right? And they're afraid. And they woke up this sleeping Jesus. And he calms the storm. Silence, be still. And then he asks the questions. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? He's been teaching on faith all day. And the disciples, they're terrified. And they ask, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And we think, the end. Roll credits. It's like when I read to my seven-year-old Asher a book before going to bed. It was about robots. We got to the end of it, and he goes, okay, what happens next? I'm like, nothing, bud. It's the end of the book. And he goes, wait, wait, wait. They all died? I'm like, no. He goes, well, something has to happen next. We think the storm that's in our life, that's raging on, that's powerful, is the end of the story. But it's not. It's not the end of the story. Here's the next verse in the Bible. This is right after this story. This is Mark 5.1. So they arrived at the other side of the lake. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? Let's go across the lake. Storm! Now they arrived. What do you think the disciples were thinking? Why do you think Jesus asked them to go across the lake at all? Do you think he knew what was going to happen? I don't know. Did he know that the storm was going to come up and that they were going to weather it? Uh, I don't know, maybe. But we know that they arrived. We know that the storm wasn't the end of the story. Here's the end of the story. So they arrive on the other side of the lake, and Jesus met a man and he's possessed by an evil spirit. He's out of control. He's angry. He's violent. He's scary. Like not in a funny way, like out of control. And Jesus talks to the man. Well, really, he talks to the evil spirits in the man. And the spirits were named Legion because there were so many of them. And Legion is a unit of three to 6,000 men in the ancient Roman army. That's what that means. And so Jesus sent these thousands of spirits in this man into some nearby pigs. 2,000 pigs. And the pigs promptly run off a cliff into the lake. I mean, can you imagine seeing that? I, uh, do you think that's where the phrase, when pigs fly, comes from? Probably not. But pigs just oinking off, tumbling off a cliff. You can't unsee that in your mind's eye. And the people taking care of the pigs, I mean, they ran. Their livelihood just took a dive. A pig dive, not a swan dive. And they're probably afraid. And people came to see what all the commotion was about, because that would probably be quite a bit of commotion. And the crowd saw this man who had been possessed by thousands of demons, and he's perfectly calm. He's cleaned up. He's sane. And the crowd was afraid. 
because of that authority that Jesus has. And they asked Jesus, please go away. And before he left, Jesus asked the demon-possessed man, go home and tell the people what has happened. So he did. But the storm isn't the end of the story. That's not even the end of the story. Jesus heals this demon-possessed man, gets back in the boat, goes back across the lake. They're probably still wet from the storm. But back across they go. And what does he do? He heals someone there who has faith. The storm isn't the end of the story. I know it feels like it, but it's not. When we're in it, it feels hopeless. feels like we're going to drown. And I know the storm brewing in your life right now, whatever it may be, it seems too powerful. It seems too violent. It seems like too much. But Jesus is in the storm with you. And if he chooses to, he has the power to calm the storm with just a couple of words. And if he doesn't, he gives you hope because the storm isn't the end of the story anyway. So when we're in the storm, we can answer the question, not with fear, but with faith. We can weather the storm because faith conquers fear. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Why are you afraid? I'd like to pray for us today. Heavenly Father, I confess to you that fear can be a big part of my life, all of our lives. It's hard to navigate the storm sometimes. We just don't know what to do and we do feel like it's overwhelming. And um, I'm thankful today for the hope that you bring and the power that you have and the love that you share with us as we weather storms. Sometimes I have to admit that I, I wish that it just that we, we didn't have to go through them at all, but you know that they are bigger than that, that you're bigger than that, and that storm or not, our faith in you and who you are and what you've done and what you've promised to do is more than enough. Your love, your grace, your hope, your joy, your peace in the midst of a storm. I don't know what storms are brewing, but I know that you're in them, and I know that you care, and I know that you can calm them, whether they're external or internal, and I know that the storm's not the end of the story anyway. So help us live this out, God. Help us live out this faith that can weather anything not because of who we are, but because of who you are, because of Jesus. It's because of him and in his name that we pray today. Amen.